2: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Now that I've told you, you're welcome to forget it right away. And use the space that you have left over to chastise something. Doesn't matter what. Hello? Are you listening to me? Everything is amazing. Adrift
1: with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port.
3: Hello! Hi! We're recording this on the is it the hottest February day ever recorded or something?
0: Well, I don't know the facts, but in my opinion it is, yeah. <laughs>
3: That's a very modern way of looking at the world, isn't it? I don't know the facts, but here's my opinion. That's of course is. how we all think. Yeah. And uh, until you got here, I was just thinking, oh, this is quite a nice day. Mm. It's mild. I can potter about without my coat on. But you've come and you've put a real downer on it.
0: I just started freaking out. Like it's it's like it's July or August. It's weird.
3: But I just think the best thing is just not to think about it. I, well,
0: obviously, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made the mistake and then I, I tried to make you make that mistake as well. And I'm sorry.
3: Like, I'm hoping other people are thinking about it, maybe at the level of government or the UN. Yes, yeah. And I'm hoping they're going to do drastic things. Yeah. But as far as just today goes, can't we just enjoy? <laughs> I know, I know. Can't we just enjoy pottering about with no coat on? Yeah, we should do, shouldn't we? Um, I do think, I mean, as unlikely as this, this is, that is a piece of audio that won't date very well. <laughs> you know what I mean that they could play to school children yeah. in 30 years and say you see this is why we've ended up like we are now Mm-mm. living in tunnels yep. under the earth or wherever they are because
0: they were just enjoying it yeah. while we burn <laughs> exactly
3: um so I, I had a funny thing happen to me before mm. I went to the the local bakery mm. and the reason I was going there is going to get a slice of pizza for my son don't judge me I'm not judging you <laughs> It's a nice local bakery. It's not mm. like I'm giving him a full Domino's <laughs> every night. Stuff crust. <laughs> Yeah. Um... But he he just really loves this particular pizza, and I thought i will get him that for his lunch. But the thing is, you've got to time it just right. Mm. Because if you time it wrong, the local school has its lunch Uh, break, and the queues can be extremely long. The
0: kids come out of school to get pizza, wow. Yeah, like
3: like 20, honestly, queues of 25 kids. Really? Which is what I found myself in. Uh, mm. And I can see how many slices of pizza there are, and I can Mm. see them dwindling with every kid that is getting to the till. Anyway, I'm I'm doing doing some calculations and I'm counting how many school children are in the queue ahead of me Mm. and how many pizza slices there are left. Mm. And I figure out that even if every kid in the queue has a slice of pizza, Mm. there'll be one left. Oh, okay. And it's going to be fine. Right. So I'm just standing there, not enjoying being in this long line, but knowing that it's ultimately going to be fine Mm. until three schoolboys come in and join their friends in the queue ahead of me.
0: Oh, dear. Mm. So that means there'll be no pizza for you. Exactly.
3: So what did you do? Didn't say anything. Would you have said anything in that situation?
0: (sighs) Did they look scary?
3: Well, I just think everybody and everything looks. I think I could probably have it out with an amoeba, <laughs> but apart from that, like everything is scary to me.
0: Well, then for you, of course, it was the right thing to do to say nothing. But we all want to know: Did you get the pizza? No,
3: I didn't get the pizza. The pizza, the pizza was oh, all gone. Your poor In son. fact, I, 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 oh. I left the queue because I knew it was it was now because that's what they were all eating. I thought this is now a, a futile exercise, but. So you would just tell off some young people?
0: It takes a brave person, to, because te, by telling them off, you have to admit, I have calculated that there are enough <laughs> slices of pizza for everyone in front of me and there are one to be left. You would have to admit that you've done the calculations. I so think a bit. they would
3: mock me for that?
0: Oh Yeah, they would. And that's why I probably wouldn't say anything. So, so
3: I mean, three teenage boys joined by another three teenage boys. Mm. I've seen things like um, West Side Story. <laughs> it could have easily turned into a rumble. <laughs> I don't want to rumble
0: you did the right thing, but, I mean, yeah. how
3: would you go about it even
0: uh, oh excuse me, I'm just going to role play here i' uh, sorry, um, I think you just pushed in
3: you see this is where I think our generation we just don't we don't <laughs> have the authority uh, I think if your dad or my dad mm-hmm. or my my mum even who is quite you know she she's um quite a timid person in her way right. I, I just think they have a certain authority yeah. to be able to tell off young people we don't have it we don't have it no. we just assume that they are going to be physically stronger than us yeah. or they're going to say something back to us that's so humiliating we're <laughs> going to shrink <laughs> shrink away
0: so our sons go with that pizza. yeah
3: exactly um, I saw last week we were uh, we were going to the train station my wife my son and I and we were in the back of a taxi and I There's this really – it's probably the busiest road in London. It's the big road that runs sort of from roughly Paddington Station past Euston Station to Kings Cross Station. So it's a big uh, dual carriageway, maybe even three lanes of traffic on both sides of the road. Uh, It's it's at various points called the Euston Road or Marlebone Road or or whatever. And we're going along in taxi. And I see three, I would say, 14-year-olds – on bmx bikes no helmets just weaving in and out of the traffic one of them is pulling wheelies
0: yeah i've, I've seen not the exact same kids but it happens in my area so what do you do
3: in that situation <sighs>
0: well you do what i do just crawl behind them in the car <laughs> that's, that's what i did you just crawl behind them for hours waiting for them to get out of the road
3: so you, you wouldn't like um wind your window down and tell them off no No, these kids are scary. What about phoning the police? No, too scared. I'm not even sure they're breaking a law by doing that, but it's just terrifying (laughs) seeing kids do that. I remember once years ago um, when I still lived in Manchester, I saw saw some, I'd say, ballpark 11-year-old kids hanging around outside the spa. Um, And I don't mean a health spa, I mean the 24-hour convenience store, the spa, Mm. on Oxford Road. And it troubled me. And it was about 10 o'clock at night. And it it troubled me so much that I rang the police. just to say I don't know if this is the sort of thing that I should be letting you know about oh. but there's, there's three three young kids probably 10 or 11 years old outside the spa because what were they doing in the city centre Do you think at the 10 police, o'clock at night do you think the
0: police hear the words I don't know if this is the sort of thing I should be calling about and immediately shut mentally down, hang shut up down, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: but my ex-girlfriend gave me such a hard time oh. for it saying that I mean at that point I would have been 25 mm. and I'd become a curtain twitcher <laughs> phoning the police because <laughs> some young people were loitering is it any wonder I've turned out like this? <laughs> mm.
2: Computer sounds are awesome. Jeff Lloyd and Annabel Port Adrift.
3: So time to hear from you, your stories of just basically trying to bluff your way through life when everybody else seems to have had the instruction manual in advance. Uh let us know if you haven't already sent your story yet. Uh let us know about your own. Failed attempts. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com.
0: First one comes from Brazil, from Fernando in Porto Alegre. I think that's how you say it. I don't know. He says, This is one of the most stupid things I've done. It makes me die inside each time I remember. So I write this quickly, like pulling a band aid. I can tell you exactly the time. It was the morning of the 26th of March, 2012, the day after an epic Roger Waters concert in my hometown. I was not in a nice mood because all my co-workers were talking about it non-stop and I missed it for some reason. One of them was this guy who I greatly admired. He was born with a congenital muscular disorder that in most cases means moving around in a wheelchair. But with the insane amount of physiotherapy he went through, he was able to walk with some difficulty. I was working in this company for only a couple of months at this point, but was already impressed with his great attitude. Even when the team decided to walk to a restaurant further away, he was clearly making an effort to live a normal life. So I was determined to just treat him like everyone else. That particular morning, he was talking about the concert and how he had to move from one end of the stage to the other to meet someone. The concert happened in the stadium of the football team he supports. The stage is located on the shorter corner, so where the goal usually is. He was impressed about how, perceived from the outside, the football field was not so wide, but from the inside, it was a considerable distance to walk across. I can relate to that since I play football once a week. So without really thinking about it, I said the horrible words that have been playing on repeat non stop in the back of my mind since then. Yeah, have you ever tried a corner kick? It's really hard to get the ball to the goal. Uh, uh... Mid-sentence, a more reasonable part of my brain triggered the alert. There were countless messages dispatched to whichever part controls speech. Unfortunately, they were ignored. If only there was a red button they could press to shut down so I could fall to the ground before finishing the sentence. There was not. The group was silent for an undetermined time. The smile slowly faded from his face as he responded in a low voice. No, never tried.
3: Oh, God. Needless to say,
0: oh, I quit not long after. <laughs> I have since focused on the inner part of inner monologue. <laughs> okay, let's go on to Joe. He says, rewind six or seven years. My wife and I have moved out of London into the leafy, more laid back town of Hertford. Hertford? Hertford? I think
3: it's Hertford. You... my. I lost my <laughs> bottle after I said it. It's is Hertford, isn't it? Oh, isn't it in Hertfordshire, though? That's,
0: this is a confusion. No, it's Hertfordshire! Yes, it is. Not trying to trick me. Hertford, yeah, in Hertfordshire. Yeah, we moved into a tranquil little road where everyone knows everybody. We had made a few local friends and always said hello to anyone in the road. Greeted people in the pub, and the arrival of our little girl Matilda ensured they were known. That we were known by other similar unprepared parents. The neighbours on our side of our semi-detached were pleasant but a quiet family. A couple in their fifties, two teenage two teenage kids, all very polite, wouldn't hurt a fly type characters. The dad loved to hand wash his car at the weekend. He enjoyed cycling with his friends at the weekend in his Lycra. I'd occasionally engage with deep, insightful conversations such as, where did you go today? Or, what a beautiful day for a bike ride. Although never stimulating conversation, it was the courteous type of chat that you're meant to have with your neighbours. We knew, however, that we were never destined to have a deep and fun friendship with this family. We were miles apart. Now, we've always loved to party. And though we'd moved out of London and had a baby, we were not going to stop having fun. Plenty of nights had come and gone in this house where friends would come for the weekend and return after a jolly old knees up. But there was one New Year's Eve where we had a few friends over and shenanigans aplenty. I can't quite remember the details of the night, but it was fuelled with cocktails, a few games, lots of music and even some dancing. My wife and I share the view that Christmas trees should be natural. We love the smell, the ritual of going to get one, picking the best at, and always thinking how expensive they are. But we love Christmas and try to get it set up as early as we can in December. This means that we opt for trees who have non-drop needles as they will be there for the best part of a month. This particular year, the needles were starting to drop. The fact it was placed in front of a radiator didn't help, but post-Christmas, it was starting to look pretty dry. At some point during this New Year's Eve party, suddenly it became abundantly clear that our next game simply had to be Christmas tree jumping. This involved jumping into the Christmas tree. Great fun for all, a fabulous bit of festive fun, and soon after all, we all ended up asleep asleep in the house. Come the next morning, our daughter woke up early, so after only two or three hours sleep, I somewhat erratically climbed out of bed and took her downstairs. The house had all the hallmarks of a post-party bash, the empty bottles, cans, pizza crusts, scent of Red Bull with spills throughout. And there in the corner was the poor, poor Christmas tree, completely naked with a circle of its needles now all on the floor surrounding it with Matilda now happily watching Peppa Pig, the clear-up had to start. Wearing a dressing gown, hair everywhere, looking pale and shaky, incredibly hungover and ready to fall over at any point, I decided to start removing the party evidence into the bins outside. On exiting the front door, immediately to my left was the neighbour dad. Although I couldn't bear to engage in any type of communication, this was a situation that I couldn't avoid. Morning, I probably offered too confidently, Happy New Year exchanges followed, and that was as far as the conversation would go. But being the caring neighbour I wanted to be, I thought I would go one further and apologise for any noise and disturbance from the previous evening. Sorry about the noise last night, I said. It ended up being quite a night. Just have to clear up now. There are needles all over the floor. <laughs> With that said, I gave one last pale, gaunt-looking, half ass smile at the neighbour and went back inside. After about 30 seconds, I suddenly rewound the conversation in my head and the gravity of what I had just said hit me. I couldn't run out again and explain myself. For starters, I couldn't run. I could barely speak without wanting to be sick. I would just have to accept what I suggested and that from now on, in my neighbour's eyes, we would be known as the junkies next door. (laughs) My wife, who heads up early years at the local school, was seriously unimpressed when I owned up to my faux pas. From then on, our relationship with our neighbours remained distance at best and the pleasantries became less frequent and we saw less of them as they tried to avoid us. Two years later, much to the relief of our neighbours, we moved a few few roads down. And they probably have a lycra-wearing, very respectable family living there now who they can wash their cars with in tandem. Every now and then, I see the neighbour mum or dad on the train. And I think it suits all of us to pretend that we don't know each other and pretend we have never met.
3: Oh, that's so, <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, you got anything like this for us? If so, send us the email. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com
2: um happy birthday for all of you who who aren't listening and those of you who are you're in on the joke great good work jeff lloyd and annabelle port adrift. thank you
3: if i'm not very much uh, mistaken Mm. it's time for part seven of ways in which you're not a fully functioning adult it
0: it is yes part seven the voices in my head that belong to another terrible person So I'm going to give you a scenario and then say what I think goes on in a normal person's head. And then I'll tell you mine. So the scenario is someone is in the supermarket. They're reaching for something on a shelf and they accidentally brush the arm of a stranger next to them. So the normal person would go, sorry. And then their internal voice would go, right, what do I need to buy next? If it's me, I accidentally brush the arm and then I say, sorry. And then my internal voice says, not sorry. (laughs) no matter what I've done or how massively at fault I am. And it is totally involuntary. I really am sorry. I do not know who this terrible, petulant person is who is in my head saying, not sorry. Another similar one. So same situation, but someone else brushes my arm and they say sorry. And I smile and say, that's okay. And then my internal voice goes, you will be. <laughs> you will be? Sorry, you will be. Does Grant Mitchell live in my head? It's not like I then follow them out and then use my trolley to repeatedly ram them into a wall. Like, why does my brain say this? It's not me, but I can't stop it. If anyone asks me to do anything, say something as tiny as passing that pen, that would involve just a tiny bit of arm movement on my behalf. And they'll say, could you pass me that pen? And before the muscles in my arm have had time to respond, my brain has said, do it yourself. (laughs) When my son was born, he had a tongue tie. It's when that bit of skin under the tongue is too short so the tongue can't move as well. And it can affect their feeding. So I had to go to a tongue tie clinic at the hospital to see about having the tongue tie cut. And so she could assess how bad Rudy's was, the very lovely nurse asked me to breastfeed him. And as she said it, the voice in my head went, do it yourself. (laughs) How is she supposed to do it herself? (laughs) about people's inner voice being very critical of themselves? Less about ones where the voice is really critical to others. To be very clear, I have both very much so. I want to have a brain scan because maybe there's a worm in there or something. like Maybe something I ate in Mexico or something. I don't know. Whenever my boyfriend does something to annoy me or I don't like, which is around about 39 times a day... That worm immediately pipes up with, oh, I think that's it now. I <laughs> It's over. Like, this could be something as small as the 18 times a day he spills water on the floor, even though he's often nowhere near a water source at the time. I do not know how he does it. Like, I'll be in the kitchen with a totally dry floor and he'll come in and put something in the bin or get something out of the fridge and I'll look down and there'll be some water on the floor somewhere. Like, I'm convinced that he leaks. It drives me insane. I probably spend about 30% of my day on my hands and knees drying up water spills. Anyway, it could be something as small as this. Like I see the water, and my brain goes, "Oh, I think that's it now." Even though, of course, I'm not leaving him for the small water spillage. Like I rational enough to realise that most people think wouldn't think this is a good reason for leaving someone. <laughs> or it could be when he does something massive. Like a few months ago, there was a bag of Revels in the house. In the bag of chocolate with all the different flavours got orange, coffee, raisin, the multi one, the toffee one, the chocolate one. I was for that last one that like, needs to get like it's a bit of its own personality there, a bit of USP. So anyway, we're sitting on the sofa and he opened the bag of Revels and he took a handful of all these different chocolates and put them all in his mouth Oh, no, 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 no. Not individually,
3: at once. That's insane. And
0: my inner voice said straight away, oh, I think that's it then. (laughs) But it also made me realise that I may have this evil inner voice, but he's a psychopath, not me. A whole handful of Revels all at once. I do really think that it should have been it then, actually.
3: (laughs)
2: Adrift. Adrifting. Adrifter. No
3: Adrift. Now I know that you've been waiting for this part of the podcast podcast listener it's everybody's favorite part it's where Annabelle starts talking about units <laughs> and, and profit margins <laughs> and what a good deal she can do for you and postage and packaging <laughs> and stuff it was usually it was always the part where I'd kind of beg people to give us some money on Patreon Mm-mm. which I appreciate greatly we need to we need to get back to doing some Patreon stuff soon. Mm. But it's almost become like a little soap opera with a story arc of its own, this pencil segment. Have
0: we got a peek in the story this week?
3: Is it like EastEnders at Christmas? Yeah, it's
0: massive. It's really exciting news. Should I just go straight ahead with it? Yes, yes. I've ordered the pencils. Oh. Yeah, I ordered them at the weekend. Mm -hmm. I bought a little bit more than had pre-registered because I figure that there's going to be some people who are a bit behind and they're going to catch up and be like, hold on a minute. I wanted a pencil, but they hadn't heard about it. There are going to be some people who just never got around to emailing to pre-register. I'm calling it pre-registering. And there are going to be some people who just can not be bothered. But when they see these pencils, they're going to want them. Okay. So I, I over-order slightly. But what I'll do is I'll send a link to the online store that I've created to people who pre registered So they get them first. And then I'll open it up. Hopefully next week I can announce the actual name of the shop. And you can actually buy them this time next week.
3: What you're opening a shop?
0: Kind of online, an online okay, shop. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah.
3: And it's got its own special name that you've dreamed up.
0: Mm, kind of.
3: Okay, so um, um, uh, you, I think you're taking me wrongly. I'm not yeah, trying to yeah, be yeah. dismissive no. of, your, of your little of your little shop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, not at all.
3: We're not trying to patronise no, you about no. your little fun part-time yeah, venture. that yeah, you've come Yeah, up your with little, little hobby. With little
0: <laughs> <pencils>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's going to be an episode guide um, on the sh- at the shop. So that some people have been asking, oh, I can't remember, like, he was a bear or where does that come from? So there's going to be a little episode gu- guide um, on the shop so people will know, so they can reference, cross-reference with
3: the pencils. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what more to say. It's just so
3: exciting. But if... So, so if I wanted to buy a pencil, and I'm very much hoping that I'll be able to, you know, I don't, I don't want to um, think... In a pub, they call it "drink the profits," don't they? Yeah, I don't yeah. want to drink the profits, but I would like a pencil of my own. Right. You're looking at me like, well, no. I maybe do you a discount.
0: <laughs> I do your cost price. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, cost plus labour. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so my my question is, what what is the earliest I or somebody can expect, expect to have a pencil in their hand?
0: Okay, so let's say that uh, by the pod when the podcast comes out next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. All being good, touch wood. The pencils arrived. I managed to take the photograph. The shop's opened, online oh, shop. If the shop is open next Wednesday, you can place your order then and there, and I will endeavour to get them all out over the next few days.
3: Oh, so it's there's not like a big lead time with these pencils. No,
0: they're, I, I, they're going to be delivered to my house. This huge box of pencils, and then I would just like individually send them all out. This is extremely
3: yeah, yeah. exciting mm, news. Mm, mm. So um, so
0: to be clear, they're not made to order.
3: Yeah.
0: I've already bought them. Right. So you, please, please buy them.
3: <laughs> and what will the opening hours of the shop be? Have you decided?
0: I think I'm going to do 24 hours. Oh, yeah. 24 wow. It's very modern. Yeah, yeah. 24-7. Are you going to yeah. have
3: a helpline? People can ring at any time of no, day or night. No, no. no.
0: <laughs> there, might be, there might be a contact.
3: So uh, so what we're hoping is it's the grand opening of the shop next week.
0: I'm fingers crossed, Touchwood. If they arrive in time, then yes.
3: Well, what if, I mean, what if, We tried to think about somebody we could get to open the shop, cut the ribbon. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, you got anyone in mind? Minu? (laughs) (laughs) That's our old news agent.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly who it was. I was about to set you a challenge to get it to be Bradley Cooper or somebody. You know, know, it it will end up being Minu. so why don't we cut out out all the faff?
0: Yeah, there you go. You're adrift.
2: Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port everything that you always wanted, and a friend that was with you all the time who is also watching you closely, judging.
3: I've said to you before that um, our, our family, we... Avail ourselves of the facilities at the local leisure centre. Yeah. Now, I avail myself of the cafe. I don't do any exercise or use any of the uh, sporting equipment. No, of course not. And my little son goes to the creche there um, for a couple of hours, sometimes a couple of times a week. Mm -hmm. And my wife often goes there to work out. Now, as a parent... There, there is, I think, a very clear area where you are expected to park the pram, right? The buggy, mm-hmm. the stroller, yeah, the trolley, as my mum calls it, a trolley, yeah, oh, nice, yeah. Um, because do you know, do you know how I know this? Mm. Because everybody puts their prams there, so it's obvious. Yeah, okay. Now, my wife, however, like I, I will go and meet her at the cafe there, mm. and our pram will just be parked in the middle of a gangway <laughs> close to where people queue up to get things from the cafe mm. sort of not quite obstructing people but mm. all almost mm, mm. and do you know do you know what there aren't what any other prams in that area okay right so i have commented on this on a number of occasions mm. and she has has not taken it well okay I went to meet her there the other day. Mm. Our pram, nowhere to be seen. I said, where's the pram? She said, oh, it's over with all the other prams. Okay. I think this is great. It's, it's a little victory. <laughs> yeah. I said, oh, so you you finally, you finally understand that that's not an appropriate place <laughs> to leave the pram. Yeah. She says, yeah, uh, Becky had a word with me about it <gasps> and made fun of me. Well,
0: friend, this is her friend, is it? Yes. Right. So here's the
3: thing. Oh, it's, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I have pointed yeah. this out for some months and been ignored mm. and been a little bit mocked. Yeah, yeah. The second her friend Becky says something about it, mm. she 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 changes the behaviour and and you know sees that she's in the wrong. Mm, mm. How am I supposed to feel about that? I find out on this week's the incident. <laughs> Sindhu V is a fantastic comedian who talks very candidly about marriage in her act. So I thought she would be a good person to go to for advice on this.
1: The reason she's listening to Becky and not you, Jeff, slash Geoff, is um, <laughs> that to, first of all, to be told to do something differently by your spouse is very annoying. Is <laughs> very annoying because, you know, being married... Really, ultimately, just finding your way in what is just one very long uh, power struggle. That's just what it is. That's, you see what I'm saying? So once, once, once you understand that, then you realize if you're in a power struggle and the person that you're struggling against or struggling with, or you know, you have to win. That's basically the way it goes. And Then they point out something you're doing wrong. It's phenomenally annoying
3: because right.
1: they're the last person who should point that out because because it because then immediately in the struggle you're down a few rungs and so then what happens is if the same thing someone else tells you that's easy because then it's just then it's just about the the facts the facts are a pram in the gangway will trip someone up don't do it easy yes yes yeah, this when was my spouse, point yes but when your spouse tells you what you hear is you idiot <laughs> can you not see how harmful this can be? You probably don't see it because you're not really very bright because <laughs> yesterday you did something else that was really it comes with all of that.
3: How is the uh, how's the power struggle going in your marriage?
1: You know, we've been married 20 years. How many? 20. Wow. Yeah, 20. So we have our our battleground is very well set up. <laughs> You know, it's very well set up. It's very polished. Uh, it's a very polished sort of polished, um, well-oiled machine.
3: So are you saying you've successfully managed to strip out all emotion and feeling from your marriage?
1: No, no. <laughs> no what I'm saying is that when, we, that, that when we venture into certain locales in our marriage, we know what, what to expect. You know, for example, I think that my husband drives too rashly. And I've always thought this, and I've always made the point that, oh, it's so rash, someone someone will die. Clearly, that's not the case. I haven't died yet. <laughs> but when we get into the car and it starts, instead of going into it now, I sort of take a measure of the moment, I take a measure of the weather, who else is in the car, how I'm feeling about what's going to happen after we get out of the car, like are we going to dinner, Or and how I've been feeling about what has been going prior to me getting in the car. And all of those things come into play before I say how the fuck are you driving like this, <laughs> right? And the thing is, now it's a much more measured, this yeah, you know, consideration about should I say it? But I'm going to say it. Still bothers me.
3: Answer me this though: Would you ultimately feel vindicated and like you had s- scored a point in the power struggle if he killed a pedestrian?
1: Not killed, but if he, got ta- if he got taken into custody, I would I will tell you that one time we were driving back from a party. He had not been drinking, and I was telling him he was driving too fast, and he took a turn, and for whatever reason, I think it was a light, and it had just gone orange-red. The cops, it was three in the morning, and the cops started coming up behind us, and they obviously assumed he was drunk, so there was a woo-woo-woo, and then they pulled us... And they pulled us to the side. I opened my window and started shouting, Officer, you have to arrest him. You have no idea how badly he drives. I was shouting top of my lungs. And I was wearing a ball gown because it was a black tie dinner. And my husband got out and they breathalyzed him and everything. And there were two of them and he was stone cold sober. And he said, you know, I, I just took a risk on the orange light. I just thought it was not going to turn red that soon. Meanwhile, I was in the background saying, Don't listen to him. He, you know, he has driven before. It's much worse. More kids. You have not. Do you know what the officer said to him? He said, I'll let you go this time, but only because you're going back to that. And he pointed <laughs> at the car to me. You mean you're like? For a moment, I was like, you know, because obviously they were letting him go because they were like, nothing we we're nothing, we can, do, nothing we can do, nothing we can do is as bad hurt. as that. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I felt. I mean, I felt. I certainly felt like I had been able to tell the police what I think about my husband's driving. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, what should I do in the future then?
1: Oh no, you just do what you have to do, Jeff. Just don't expect her to listen. You see, you you have to. There's there's there there's there's two things. One is being true to yourself and telling your wife that, that her pram placement uh, decisions are poor. The other is expecting cha- expecting outcomes to change. That you've got to ease up on.
3: But as long as you don't
1: feel quite satisfied just saying it, trust me.
3: So as long as yes. I get to carry on being in the right, that is all that ultimately exactly. matters. Exactly,
1: exactly. <laughs> That's really all that matters. And you know, ultimately, she's not going to listen to you. So if you really wanted to listen to something, tell Vicky or Becky or whoever it was to tell her. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
3: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: You will be reminded of this show and this feeling. Adrift. When you wake up. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port, adrift.
3: I was working in Manchester last week and a nice thing happened to me. I came out of a shop... As I came out of the shop, a young woman said to me, Jeff... I said yes. She says I listen to your podcast. Uh, shall we have an awkward interaction? now? Oh, nice! <laughs> and actually, I think I did did a very good interaction, or an awkward one, or well, you know, I think I'm in it, so it's always going to be somewhat awkward. Okay. But I, you know, as to what she was doing, she was buying a present for her girlfriend. They've been together three months, and she wanted to mark the occasion. It was it was pretty good, pretty good interaction. Mm. Which I wondered if then that was disappointing to an adrift listener.
0: Uh, maybe she thought, oh, that's yeah. been normal. Yeah. Yeah. that guy
3: seems socially competent. Mm. I'm sure nobody would ever think that. I mean, just to throw in a, a socially incompetent, uh, social incompetence, I can't remember her name and I've been oh. racking my brain. So I've made it a little bit awkward by admitting that.
0: Back to your normal self. It's yes. good, good to hear.
3: Yeah. Um, I wanted to put out a little appeal mm. here. Uh, I don't know if anybody can help me, but it's it's an anniversary this week. It's a two-year anniversary.
0: Oh, yeah. Of what?
3: Of me falling out with William Shatner on Twitter.
0: No, has it been yeah, two years? Yeah, it has been two years because we wow. remember it was
3: towards the end of doing the radio show. Yeah. And, um, uh, and 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 at the time, I mean, this was a whole saga and I don't know if I want to go into it too much just because I think we've talked about it on the podcast before so people might be sick of it. Mm. But basically the way it unfolded was... I looked at William Shatner's Twitter account one Saturday evening just out of boredom and noticed that he blocked me and mm. I was distraught. Mm. William Shatner, Captain yeah. Kirk, T.J. Hooker, <laughs> a fine uh, singer, cover version of Common People, very good. Uh, also, you know, I think the role of his life, Denny Crane in Boston Legal. You know, I'm a big fan and he'd blocked me. Uh, so then I tweeted about this the the following day and some people then tweeted William Shatner to ask him why, and it turned out he was very angry. Mm. Like, anybody he blocks, he... he He's got this elephant's memory, really. And he, he remains very angry towards the people he blocked. And he blocked me because I'd tried to get him to endorse the crowdfunding campaign for your book. Mm-mm. And I'd made a little joke saying something like, if I don't hear back within 10 minutes, then I'll take it as a yes. Mm-mm. And It was all sort of worded in a way that was clearly a joke, but he didn't find it a bit funny right. and he blocked me. Yeah. And then was telling people he blocked me. Then there was this big, you know, people were trying to get him to unblock me and celebrities were joining in. And it was this whole thing that rattled on for, for a day. Or two. Anyway, sort of as it was, after it all happened, I made what was called back then a Storify. And this is where you could chain together a lot of your tweets and write the story around them. So if anybody had missed out on what had happened between me and William Shatner getting into this big fight on Twitter, uh, then it was all there as a story. So since it's two years, I thought maybe I'll, I'll, I'll retweet it or put it on Facebook for the two-year anniversary. And it's gone because this Storify website, website no longer exists. It uh, closed down in 2018. Okay. So I was just wondering, did anybody save it? Ah
0: okay. now, I can't
3: imagine anybody will have done really. Mm, but um You never know. No, but you know, I'd saved William Shatner's tweets and my responses, and then people trying to persuade him that I wasn't such a bad guy after all, and then you know various people joining in and you know, some of them helping, some of them hindering. Mm. And I would have liked to have seen that story again. It'd be a shame if it's lost forever. Um so if if you have by any chance saved it somewhere, I'd love to see it again. Okay. You know, there's a there's a, a little appeal that I am putting out. I can't remember if we ever mentioned, but he, he went so crazy about it. This was the sort of postscript of the story. He um complained to Twitter, mm-hmm. he did a conference call with the heads of Twitter in California to try to have me thrown off Twitter. I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: No. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. And they said, no. <laughs> and then, do you remember his lawyers kind of got in touch with the radio yeah, station? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And, um, you know, they tried to get the radio station to make me take <laughs> down these whole tweets. Yeah. And I said, no, absolutely not. I won't mention it on the radio if you want. I think it's stupid and I think you've been spineless by not backing me. But mm. um, I haven't done anything wrong here. Um, and then he complained he personally complained to the government regulator who regulate all radio in this country, mm. Ofcom, mm. to try and get the government to do something about me. And, of course, they threw it out because it was ridiculous. Mm. All I'd done mm-hmm. was tell a story about something that had happened to me. Yeah, yeah. But it was, I mean, it was such an insane time, wasn't it?
0: It's quite interesting. It, like, it says a lot about him as a person, I think. <laughs> someone with passion yeah definitely yeah someone with passion commits to everything in in 100% a lot of people just let it go because they can't be bothered he can be bothered in many ways I respect that he's a
3: much older man I think he's in his 80s I
0: really respect it even more like I can't bother to do anything ever and I'm half that age
3: yeah (laughs) It sounds to me like very much like you're taking his side. I know it does a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Anyway, uh, if you um, if you did by any chance archive that Storify thing, I'd love to see it again. Uh, let us know on an email. Thank you.
2: Until we're all caught out pretending we know what we're doing, which we don't, obviously, mm, it's quite apparent.
3: Drift. Well, here we are in Problematic, ready to uh, to, to tell you how to behave mm. socially yes. uh, as we face some quandaries in Quandary Corner here at the Glap Clinic. Who's the first one from?
0: Violet. I am planning my weekend and one thing keeps playing over and over in my head that I think requires your expertise. So going out to eat alone in a restaurant on a Friday or Saturday night is not OK because everyone feels sorry for you and you ruin their evening. How about the cinema alone on these evenings? I should say I have a posh cinema membership with fancy sofas and armchairs. This is my only hobby, so although I feel awful about spending the money, I was spending more going to cheaper cinemas, which are much further away, and there is one of those posh ones at the end of my street. I can get two tickets for any screening, and I often take friends, family, and see a lot of films. I, of course, love sitting on the sofas. They're really comfy, and I feel like I'm getting the most out of the money I've spent. I do quite like going to the cinema alone, Sometimes, but I avoid Friday or Saturday evenings because I don't want to ruin other people's nights out. But am I allowed? Is it the same as a restaurant, as most other people are there for a nice night out and have spent a lot of money, so I just shouldn't go alone? (laughs) Or can I book an armchair and sit in my least favourite seats and potentially everyone will think I'm with people sitting on the sofas around me? Or Am I allowed to book a sofa and go alone? I am worried other people will think I've been stood up and feel bad for me. Or maybe if I just arrived late, like halfway through the trailers as the film starts. Or am I overthinking it and no one notices anyone else in the dark cinema? Anything you say will be taken as law.
3: Yeah, so Violet, here's my thing. You do as you please at the cinema on a Saturday or Friday night. Doesn't it, matter because yeah, it's yeah. not a social thing. Because it's dark and people aren't pointing at you. Like at, at worst, they're pointed at the back of the head or they'd have to do a sidelong glance at you. It's fa- honestly, it's fine.
0: And um, can she book a sofa? Yeah,
3: definitely. Sprawl out. Why not? Treat well, this yourself. is
0: like this is yeah. great news yeah. for Violet. No,
3: I, I really think, and, you know, I, I've been in this position, I really think this is your reward for not being able to go and eat out alone on a Friday or a Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do think you can, like, I mean, you can go from, I'm trying to think what is the latest, really, you can eat out alone on a weekend. I think lunch is fine. Yeah. And I think if you're out for a restaurant by 7 So, like, you know, if you do a quick six o'clock reservation, that's kind of okay, Okay. depending on the restaurant. But the cinema, no, this is your reward.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm very happy to go along with that. Okay. Good. Well, that was easy. Let's go on to Dan. I've been living in Brazil for a few years now and not wishing to blow my own. Is this a
3: second Brazilian listener?
0: Well, he's not Brazilian, but he's a Brazil Brazil. based listener. Yeah, yeah, it is. Great. Yeah. I've been living in Brazil for a few years now and not wishing to blow my own trumpet. My Portuguese is now fairly good. One phrase I've come to dread is, in English, do you speak English? If I meet someone new, this is fair enough as the person probably wants to practice English and I am happy to help. The problem comes in a shop, supermarket or restaurant. I know they're trying to be helpful, but sometimes my Portuguese is better than their English. I'm cringing writing this part. And they struggle with my accent, i.e. English, not American. The whole thing becomes very awkward and the interaction takes longer than it should. What do I do? I know how hard it is to learn a language, so I really sympathise with them. But sometimes it would be easier to just continue in Portuguese.
3: Well, Annabelle, I feel this is very much your purview as a former English as a second language teacher and uh, a former uh, you know, it's as strange as it is to think now, but a, sort of an adventurous spirit <laughs> <laughs> who would live in other countries.
0: Well, I suppose if you put it, put it that way, then really, if they want to practice their English, they should keep the English as a foreign language industry alive and go and take a class. They, they shouldn't <laughs> be practicing on you, Dan. So there's that point of view. Um, yeah, I, I think that, yeah, I think you should be allowed to speak Portuguese if your Portuguese is better. But I think the problem comes with how to say this without upsetting them. Because he says he feels embarrassed even writing it down that his Portuguese is better than their English. To say it to someone's face like, oh, actually, can we speak Portuguese? My Portuguese is better than your English is would be impossible, surely.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also... I mean, I was going to say, you could kind of pretend you don't speak English, but if they hear you've got an English accent to your Portuguese, Mm -hmm. which I'm imagining that even if your Portuguese is really good, there's still a bit of an English accent, because people tend to still have a bit of an accent, don't they, when they speak another language.
0: Yeah, you could say, oh, I've been here for 10 years, I've forgotten it. I've forgotten English.
3: (laughs) (laughs) just forgotten it. You You could try it. You could pretend that you are a native Portuguese speaker who has had that condition where you have a bang on the head and speak with an accent. Yeah. You know, like that, is it a Welsh lady who speaks with a Jamaican accent? Yeah. <laughs> yeah speaks yeah. English with a Jamaican accent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that would be uh, it'd be a conversation starter, to well, say the least.
0: Exactly. It would involve some lying. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. No, should we just go with
3: that? Yeah. Okay, okay great. Fine. Well, that, that, was, uh, that was swift, wasn't yeah. it? If you have a social... Quandary that you would like us to solve for you here in Problem Attic, then you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. And that was our podcast. Thank you so much for your ears this week. And share your story with us, please. Uh, If you have a moment that makes you cringe many years later, then tell us about that. Um, Any stories of just trying your best to fit in with other people and behave like you would expect a normal person behaves in a social interaction and it's gone horribly wrong for you then let us know about it it's hello at adriftpodcast.com thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music their new single is called A Capable Man do make sure you check them out they're going to be playing some live dates too gig is always good for uh, a drifter I think mm. because it's loud you don't need to speak to someone you've got uh, something to keep your attention the whole time And go
0: to that alone right something to point at yeah, yeah, def- yeah. Def- def- definitely yeah, yeah. I
3: mean point your eyes at. I don't mean stand and point yeah. um, anyway Mac. And the Echo, thank you. Thanks to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox are our announcers and made our little eye-dents. Patrick Gunning, Ioana Babu, plugged it all in and made sure it went, and it still does, mm. all this time later. Yep. Kim Rainey made the artwork and Carla Gowlett took the photos, and I think that's about everything, isn't it? So, um, Annabelle, uh, can I leave the last word of the podcast to you?
0: Okay. Oh, do it yourself. Let <laughs> me <There we go. laughs>
1: A drift. A drift.
3: time. This comes from High Regent Helen, who says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle.
0: Hi. Hi.
3: Hello from Germany. Hello. Oh, hello, Germany. Guten Morgen mm. or Guten Abend, depending on what time of day it is. Guten Nacht? No- no. no. Let's say uh, uh, guten, guten Nacht. Would that be right? It sounds good to me. I don't know if Guten might change, though. It might not be an N on the... I, shall we just uh, shall, shall we just uh, <laughs> play it safe by saying gut, Guten Tag? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I've been a listener since the start of Adrift. I've lived in Germany for the last quarter of a century, so I am sad and sorry to say I had never heard of you before then. I, th- I have to say I don't think that would change very much had you lived here in the UK <laughs> no, for the same amount of time. Good you, point. It would be very unlikely for yeah. you to have heard of us unless you know you were listeners to that one particular radio station, of which you know there, w- there were plenty, and were grateful for the ears. Have travelled with us onto yeah. the podcast, yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, don't, don't don't go thinking you were missing out on a cultural phenomenon. <laughs> no. Um, Helen says, "I'd like to request a publication for my son Kieran, who turns twenty four on the twenty sixth of February. Happy birthday, Kieran! Honour around this date would be great, but no pressure. Well, we're we'll recording; it, it'll come out on the twenty sixth, and we're recording it on the twenty fourth. Uh, No, come out on the 27th, right? So we're there or thereabouts.
0: We are.
3: Uh, He's been a listener for about the last six months. Yes, I actually managed to recruit someone to the podcast despite the language difficulties. And the fact that most of the Germans around here don't seem to suffer from a drift, a driftification. Oh, so we don't need to go big in Germany, then we won't be welcome, <laughs> no. right? Okay, I'm surprised. I am surprised. Mm. You know, because I think the more reserved people are, the more likely they'll be into it. So it's like exciting to find out we got a couple of people in listening in Brazil Mm-mm. because I don't necessarily associate yes. the Latin cultures with being reserved more
0: so than Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: But then, then again, if you are a reserved person in those cultures then maybe you do feel like you stick out more like a sore of thumb there you go, yeah where uh, everyone being like that um so so anyway i think but there's a uh, Aren't getting, they a bit
0: more matter of fact like stereotypically well this the is Germans? it we're dealing in stereotypes yes, here. Yeah, there is so a matter of factness stop, isn't yeah. there
3: that you but um anyway this is this is all interesting stuff um Says it took a bit of persuasion and a quick recap of the unlucky story to encourage him to have a listen. He's been devoted ever since. He is a true German drifter. Sorry about that, Kieran. You can blame it all on your socially awkward mother. Having a mum who's a bit weird can be uh, quite a burden for a nervous child. When he was four years old, I overheard him embarrassedly telling another boy in his kindergarten, You, you have to excuse my mum. She's just British. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Anyway, hope you have a good day, Kieran Um, Your mum says You are the best son a mum can hope for Love to you both, she says I have a couple of stories of my own But I haven't had the nerve to actually write them down I will try to do so one of these days Please do, Mm -hmm. hi Regent Helen and this one comes from Imperial Empress. Is there any other kind, mm-hmm. Rebecca donnellan who says hello, Jeff and Annabelle. Hello. hello. I would like to request a publication for Claire Wheeler as close to the second of March, two thousand and nineteen, as that is her birthday. I am a long time listener since the Pete and Jeff days. That is a long time. Mm. Uh, for years, I have tried to get various people to listen to the old radio show and adrift without success. Oh. Claire was looking for podcasts and I recommended Adrift. Not only did she listen to it, but she still listens.
0: Oh, amazing.
3: Um, we're hoping you will do a show in Hebden Bridges. it's not too far for us, so we definitely come. I must email that guy. Yeah, we've got to do that. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, Claire got me a Patreon subscription for my birthday. That's so nice. Mm, that's lovely. Claire is a fantastic friend through the ups and downs of life and she has brilliant TV recommendations. Without her, I would not have discovered Shit's Creek on Netflix. If you've not watched it, do so. It's fab. Oh. People keep telling me this. You know who yeah, it is? Never the, heard of it, no. Um, I, so it's uh, I, I believe it's about a family who had a lot of money and now they're living in reduced circumstances. Yeah. But the the mother and father of the family... Are Eugene Levy and um, Catherine O'Hara? Oh, amazing. So Mitch and Mickey and in, oh. uh, A Mighty Wind, but in all those Christmas. Do I don't know about this. Well.
0: I'll have to watch it. Yeah. Was I talking to you about A
3: Mighty Wind recently? No. So, you know, the folks, man? Yep. Uh, So, so if you've never seen this film, it's it's one of my favourites. I think one of Annabelle's favourites too. It's a spoof documentary, a mockumentary, if you will, about the folk, about um a bunch of folk singers who were signed to a particular label in the sixties. It's made up, but and then then the guy who founded this label dies, and his son decides to put together a concert in tribute to his father. That is the the premise of the film. It's made by Christopher Guest, who is brilliant, brilliant man. He's made a bunch of these mockumentary type films. Best in show set in the world of dog shows is perhaps the, laugh out loud, funniest one. Uh, there's one called Waiting for Government, which is very funny as well. A Mighty Wind was the third in this, um, I was going to say trilogy, but there have been other other ones since. Although none that I've loved as much as those first three. Mm. However, the the other sort of interesting point, and it, they it, they have a big repertoire cast, so you will see the same actors in all these films and a lot of people who've gone on to be, you know, very famous Jane Lynch who was in glee mm. perhaps being the, the one of the big breakout ones of these films some of them were famous beforehand Michael McKeon is in a lot of them who plays um uh, uh Jimmy's brother in Better Call Saul anyway so 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 the, the I I'm going somewhere with this okay Christopher Guest prior to doing these films was in Spinal Tap mm-hmm. along with Harry Shearer who people know from as being one of the voices on The Simpsons, and Michael McKeon, who's a great comic actor. As I say, he's now in Better Call Saul. Previously, he was in Laverne and Shirley. He, and um, and they are the three band members, the three core band members in Spinal Tap. They are also a band in A Mighty Wind called The Folksmen. Mm-hmm. And it's, they're, they're very, very funny. Um, and a few years ago, Spinal Tap went out on tour and they had the folksmen supporting them. So, in other words, these three guys come out dressed as folk singers for the opening act, and then, you know, when they come back on, they're dressed as Spinal Tap. And a few, on the few of the dates, the folksmen were booed because people didn't realise it was them and thought, <laughs> why have they got folk music opening for Spinal Tap? Anyway, so there is a song in that film called Eat at Joe's. E-A-O. Oh, yeah, Or yeah, yeah. um, uh, Old Joe's Place, it might be called. Cool. Yeah, yeah. and And... I was singing it to my son recently and he got obsessed with it. So I looked it up on YouTube mm. and I found a video of them performing it on Saturday Night Live mm. in 1984 oh. as The Folksman, what? the week that Spinal Tap came out.
0: No. Yeah, so they've had
3: those characters sort of in the bag, oh, ready to wow. go. Because Mighty Wind didn't come out until 2003. That's that's
0: years. Yeah, difference. yeah, 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 um, yeah, And they had the song and everything. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that
3: exact same song. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So I know that was a com- very, very convoluted way of talking about that, and I can't even remember why I started in the first place. Oh, oh yeah. Creek. <laughs> so shits <at> a mighty <laughs> yeah. wind. At the heart of that film are, I mean, there's sort of like a Sunny and Share type act, Mitch and Mickey, who have you know were boyfriend and girlfriend in the 60s and sang these romantic songs and then split up and they're going to get together for this reunion will they kiss on stage there's a pivotal moment in their biggest hit where they would stop and kiss will they do it on stage that's one of the big plot points in the film um anyway it's a, gr- a great film uh, just so so good and they are the the, the parents in schitt's creek
0: there, there we go. go. Okay. Now I have to watch It's Creek, definitely.
3: Yeah. Uh, so Rebecca Donlan uh, wishes happy birthday to Claire Wheeler. And uh, also, is it a birthday? Yeah, it is a birthday. Yeah. I thought I just made that up. Uh, happy birthday to Kieran from his mum. Hi, Regent Helen. And that's this week's podcast. If you'd like a podication, email hello at adriftpodcast.com.